Some of you may recall, as I have shared my testimony in the past, how I first came to the Lord when I was about 14 years old. I had a genuine salvation experience with the Lord, a new and almost tangible sense of his presence uh, and his love in my life. Um, just it, coming from a guy with no, no church background or anything, just this, this God is here and, and he loves me. It was just um, so awesome. Uh, a, a new sense of, of guidance uh, and even conviction from the Holy Spirit. You know, things that I was comfortable with the day before, I'm no longer comfortable with, right? Um, obviously not a change that I did myself. This was, this was God's presence and power working in my life. Even uh, I led two people to the Lord, I didn't even know what I was doing. Right? I didn't take any classes on evangelism or anything like that. Nobody told me that I was supposed to share my faith with others. It, it just happened naturally. Right? Um, but I didn't really understand who I was in Christ. I was, I was biblically ignorant. I didn't know the promises of God. I didn't know the power of God that was there for me to help me to stand in difficult times. Um, and my best friend at the time, I remember, he wanted nothing to do with this new God stuff that I was into, right? Just didn't want to hear it at all. And uh, slowly but surely, over time, uh, with, with his influence, and uh, of course the enemy is just waiting to take us down, right? Um, I began to turn away from the Lord until finally, and I can, I can picture this in my mind, I know exactly where I was at the time, I turned to one of those guys that I had led to the Lord and I said, it's my life, I'm going to do what I want. And I turned away from the Lord for a period of several years. Unfortunately, um, years that could have been very fruitful in the Lord, um, but years that now include a lot of things for which I'm ashamed. Um, years that could have been a whole lot better had I made better choices, especially in the people that I chose to influence my life. And as we continue in our study in the book of Proverbs, we're going to see in this book of wisdom, um, this manual on life, if you will, that after establishing uh, the, the foundation for all wisdom and knowledge, this relationship with the Lord, to, to reverence Him, to love Him, to trust Him with all our hearts. The very next thing we're going to see um, is that the second most important thing is this whole idea of who you and I uh, allow to have those places of influences in our life, who we choose uh, to listen to. So I'm going to entitle the message this morning, Choose Your Who's. Choose Your Who's. So let's go ahead and turn in Proverbs chapter 1. And I know, again, let me, let me encourage you big time. Um, I've, I've even thought about not putting these verses up on the screens so that we will get back in the habit of having our Bibles and using our Bibles because we need those, right? Even as we sit here in church, I remember it used to happen to me all the time. I would sit in church, go along with the pastor's message, 
and something would impact my heart and I would, I would know now this was in my Bible. I could write notes and different things to refer back to what God was speaking to me and I don't want anybody to be robbed from that. So please, 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 if, if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. But bring your Bible and follow along there. This is, this is for ease of keeping us maybe all in the same translation and that kind of thing. But uh, don't, don't, don't cheat yourself. I don't want to cheat anybody, okay? Um, so Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 8, says this, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. The very first people that God provided for you and I in our lives to be those influencers, to be those voices, are our parents, aren't they? Right? And again, not all parents are perfect, but by and large, these are people who love us, who care deeply about us, and want us to have the best quality of life, right? They, they, they have our best interests at heart as they guide us along with their words, right? They also have the benefit of experience that we don't have being little, right? They've gone through life. They've made mistakes. They've learned lots of valuable lessons that they can now share with us. I've been there don't go this way, right? Or do this. This is going to save you a lot of time and, and heartache and, and all this kind of thing. This is the way to go. So those first voices of influence are our parents. And Proverbs says, listen to them, right? Their teaching and instruction is, quote, a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. How many have seen, you know, pictures of, of you know, when they would run races back in Greece or whatever, they'd come back with the, with the garland, right? The winner would have that, that wreath um, around their head. So you were talking about the winner of a race, right? And the word uh, translated pendant here can also mean a gold chain. We see a couple of places in Scripture. Uh, with, with Pharaoh and Joseph, with Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, where, where they were raised up to, to positions of authority and honor and were given these gold chains for around their neck, right? So in other words, uh, what's, what's he saying here? If you want to finish well in life, if you want to finish ahead in the race, if you want to be a person who achieves honor and standing in life, then we need to listen to our parents, right? Listen to those good voices that God has given. This is echoed also in the commandment, honor your father and mother, right? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God set up that family structure. Right? The loving input from a father and a mother. Two different perspectives, right? To be a guide and a protection for children. To help them learn good decisions and avoid uh, self-made problems. And all of that, right? Which is going to lead to what? A longer, happier life, right? It just kind of makes sense. Listen to your parents. You're going to live longer in the land. Uh, how many known people that were just didn't want to have anything to do with their parents or anybody else in authority and haven't done so well in life, right? So, um, verse 10 goes on to say, my son. Okay, he starts out that way. So now this is, he's just said, listen to your father and mother. And then he goes, my son. 
So here is now the father giving that instruction. And the very first lesson here is actually twofold. We're going to cover the first part today. Uh, let's look at it. Proverbs 1, beginning of verse 10, says this, My son, if sinners, circle that word sinners, uh, we'll come back to that in a minute, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us, and we will have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. He starts out with if sinners. Okay, we're in verse 10 here. He's just, we, we, we just covered in verse 7, again, the foundation for the whole book, the foundation for all of wisdom. Verse 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That relationship of reverencing God, loving Him, trusting Him is the foundation for everything. So who then would be sinners? It would be those who don't fear the Lord, who don't reverence Him, who don't love and trust Him, who don't have a relationship with Him. Okay, you with me? And since they do not acknowledge God in their lives, obviously they're not going to be thinking and acting in harmony with Him and His ways. So then, just hanging out with them, we're going to have a greater chance of being pulled away ourselves, aren't we? Just like what happened to me. Give you a quick illustration. Can I get a Rob? Come on up for a second. I'm gonna. You don't have to do do hardly anything. So here's here's the illustration. Is it easier? No, stay where you are. Is it easier for me to pull you up, or you to pull me down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well played. Thank you very much. Give Rob a hand. So. It's the same way in life, right? It's easier for us to be pulled down as it was for me at 14 than for me to pull people up. That's just the way it is, right? So we need to be careful. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, the Apostle Paul actually quotes from ancient Greek literature when he writes this, Do not be deceived, here's the quote, Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. How many of us in different situations growing up went against our own good judgment because the crowd we were with was doing it? And I know we all heard the same thing. If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Actually, I did jump off a bridge <laughs> in, into, into murky water that I never should have. Um, and somebody... Um, jumped off that bridge and, and hit something and hurt themselves pretty bad. Um, but, again, um, because the crowd was doing it, because somebody was encouraging us to do it, a friend, right, um, we went along with it. Why? 
Uh, we didn't want to be the chicken. We didn't want to be, you know, the goody two-shoes, whatever it was. We didn't want to face that rejection. We wanted acceptance by that person or that crowd. So here is the wisdom here, you know, from the scriptures. God understands the things that you and I go through, doesn't he? Nowhere in the Bible, however, um, do we see that we cannot have friends with unbelievers. But what we're seeing here opening up is this whole topic of relationships and life and who, who should be in those key positions in our lives. People who influence us, right? Who do we choose to put in those places? Um, I mean, we, we, we got to have friends that are unbelievers, right? I mean, how can we uh, influence, impact anyone else for Christ unless we have relationships with people outside of the church, right? So we, we do need to have. But again, we have to carefully weigh those that are in those key positions of influence in our lives. Those um, who influence our decisions. Are these people influencing us to think and act in ways that strengthen our faith and our relationship with the Lord? Or are they influencing us to compromise that relationship? Right? How easily are we led to join in with things that we know in our hearts are wrong, things that don't honor God, things that grieve the Holy Spirit, and things that then, as we are involved in these activities uh, and, and whatever, um, they make it difficult to tell others about a, a Christ who changed his lives because they look at us and not a whole lot of change going on there because we're following the crowd, right? As in my life. Um, this is really going to depend on where we are in our relationship with the Lord, how strong we are in our faith. I was, I was basically an infant in the Lord. Again, no, no knowledge, whatever. Um, but it's, we, we, we got to understand where we're at. We've got to understand where the people around us are at and how strong of an influence they are in our lives. So this is about who you and I led into that place of influence, who our best friends are, who our closest friends are, the people that we seek out for advice, right, when we're making decisions. This is also why in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Scripture says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? This verse is often linked with business relationships. Um, very, very good uh, sound wisdom here. If we're partners with people in business who don't believe like we do, who don't have the same worldview, who don't reflect godly principles, at some point we're going to be in trouble, aren't we? When those who don't care who gets stepped on along the way or who don't care what corners are being cut in order to make a profit, right? We're going to have conflict, aren't we? Uh, and maybe have to choose between losing a business um, or, or whatever, uh, our livelihood, uh, or, you know, again, cutting corners, compromising our morals. 
maybe even compromising the law and facing the consequences of that, right? It's the same when choosing who to date or who to marry, right? If we're if we're um, if if the one that we're dating doesn't share our relationship with the Lord, doesn't share our worldview, doesn't uh, uh, doesn't walk, you know, the same path that we're walking, then we can uh, find ourselves. Uh, how often has it happened in dating relationships? Again, compromise, an unexpected pregnancy, right? Um, I've seen over the years marriages between believers and unbelievers, the, the, the conflict, the tension, especially when it comes to how to raise children. Well, I want to raise them, you know, with this worldview, and I, I don't hold to that, so I want to raise them over here. So again, conflict, tension, problems. Uh, are there rare exceptions to that? Yes, but they're rare. Uh, the problem that I've seen over the years is that everybody thinks they're the exception, if, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a dozen times. I know I can change them. I know what the Bible says, and, and I shouldn't be dating someone that doesn't know the Lord and all that. But they're a really good person, and I know I can change them over time. I've heard that so many times. And rarely it happens, but very rarely. And uh, again, the tension, the conflict of, of worldviews and... Uh, so not you know I mean Paul does go on to say if you, if you're already in that kind of a marriage and your your partner's willing to stay with you stay love them you know be the example to them I'm not saying you know break anything apart but um, before we get into those places we see the wisdom from the Word of God here choose wisely right to save heartache and problems and tensions later on. Let me say this too. I get it. I get it. It can be hard to wait on God to bring those relationships that we need in our lives, friends, um, that special person to date, whatever. It can be hard to wait on God's timing. Um, it, it, it can. Loneliness is tough. It really is tough. But this is one reason why God has given us a church family, right? Filled with people who do believe what we believe, who can encourage us in our walk with the Lord. Uh, our, our friends in Sunday school, right? Youth group, men's group, women's group that can gather, you know, together, surround ourselves with people who can encourage us. It's a gift, the body of Christ. And Jesus promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. So if we're in that waiting period, just open our hearts to him. He will do what he needs to do in his time, but his promise is he will fill that gap personally in the meantime. So, he's awesome. So, my son or my daughter, Proverbs would say, the most important decisions that you can make outside of receiving the Lord, outside of a relationship with Him to reverence and love and trust God with all your heart, the most important thing after that is making wise decisions. Who are we going to have 
in our lives, in those places of influence, those key relationships in our lives. Because there is a huge, huge influence on us in those relationships. And if we choose wisely, we'll finish well. Surround ourselves with, with great godly people, we're going to finish well. We're going to attain the things that God has for us. Surround ourselves with, with people who don't walk with the Lord and get our advice from Him, from them. More than likely, we're going to find ourselves in places of compromise and stagnation and who knows, right? So, choose your who's. Choose them wisely. So that rather than being like your pastor, looking back at the past and going, look at all those wasted years, you'll be able to look back and go, yeah. Gratitude. Enjoying the fruits of those good decisions. Amen? Wisdom from a God who knows and understands and wants to help us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the wisdom of this book. Some of us, Lord, have, have uh, we, we know exactly what you're talking about because we've made those mistakes and we've been, we've been pulled down and we've had the consequences of that. And uh, likewise, Lord, as I look at my wonderful wife here and uh, the, the support that she's been to me through the years and uh, the encouragement uh, has made me a better person. And I thank you, Lord. I know other people can say the same. So Lord, help us to put our trust ultimately in you, but to look to you for guidance as we choose our besties and uh, our mates. And trust, Lord, that you will work in those relationships and that we can be a blessing to them as they are to us. Thank you. We give you the glory, all the honor, Lord. Through Christ we pray.